Welcome to Traditional Investing is Dead, the podcast. My name is Douglas Muir, and I am the CEO and founder of the Family Business Fund. Uh, we have Richard Hilson from Hilson Consulting on here today, and it's a, it's a real honor. If you want to know anything about alternative investments, he was in this business like probably when I was in college. I know he looks a lot younger than me, uh, and he is. But he's been in this uh, since the beginning, and he's watched this alternative investment wave just start coming about us, especially since yields are coming down. And uh, we're just we're just honored uh, honored to have him. Thank you, Richard, for being on our podcast. Um, you flatter me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me as your guest. Tell us how you got into alternative investments and how you were just so far ahead of the uh, power curve. I founded an investment bank back in 2011 which started as a private equity shop um, and it was that the rationale for setting up an investment bank was we were going to invest money in projects we liked and we wanted to bring in other money behind us and that morphed over let's call it seven eight years or so um, to become a boutique alts firm and that was really because as the market started to open up as minimums minimum investment ticket sizes dropped as alts became more commonplace it wasn't just the kind of family office co-investment opportunity situations it was becoming more and more obvious that alts were going to be available for you'd call it the mass affluent sector uh, rather than just the ultra high net worth family office what actually is an alternative investment the dictionary definition says alternatives are anything that's not a stock, a bond or cash. Whether it's a conservative commercial real estate yield play, whether it's oil and gas royalties, which are predictable cash flows, um, or Bobby Axelrod from Billions black box hedge fund strategies, which terrify most clients, or crazy stuff like investing in whiskey casks, casks in Ireland and Scotland to antiques to vintage cars. It's yeah. just a broad, the, the broad definition does the industry a disservice because the amount of times I have a conversation with an advisor or a client and you say the, the word alternatives and they act like you've just dropped the F-bomb is their shoulders tense up and they're, they're just terrified because they just see this broad definition which involves some highly exotic crazy volatile things and it doesn't need to the way i stumbled into this like i stumbled into everything my whole life is uh, a friend of mine called me up and said hey you know uh i have a REIT," and i'm like okay what's a REIT?" he goes it's a real estate investment trust and i'm paying 12 and a half percent i'm like you can't pay 12 and a half percent because it's an alternative investment. I can pay whatever I want. I need you to write this PPM. I'm like, what's a PPM? He goes, a private placement memorandum, which tells you exactly what I'm going to do with your money, how I'm going to do it, how I'm going to mark everything about it. And I call up my financial advisor and I was like, yo, how come you never told me about these, these REITs? He says, well, you know, everything is, he, he was just telling me how, how risky everything was. And, you know, three years later, I'm still making 12 and a half percent with this real estate investment trust with like barely no risk and I'm getting such high yield. So why do you think it is that financial advisors won't talk about this? Like who are your clients? So I, I sometimes work with product sponsors to help the education in the space to essentially Perfect. 
help their outreach to what I think is the largest untapped area of the market, which is the sub 500 million advisor who could have a load of high net worth accredited investors. But I think part of the problem, and I'm actually writing an article about this at the moment, is that an, an advisor can charge 1%, whether it's investing in Microsoft, Google, Amazon, or whether it's in alts their fee stays the same and therefore there's not always that kick up the backside to actually get outside of their comfort zone because they will be charging the same fee and why would they do that for something that and i will say deemed deemed to have more risk and more compliance and regulatory issues um and therefore stay in the comfort zone when the equity markets have been as kind as they have for the last few years my message is number one um okay if we have to you know scare you by hitting you in the in the paycheck here is um what happens when you're over allocated to equity but gets desecrated by 40 percent um when we have this long overdue sustained market correct yeah. and then second of all is if someone actually gets the message that they need to evolve or die we talked about an ria a, 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 a registered investment advisor a financial advisor if you will um how 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 do you explain to them how they should measure success with alternative investments if i can get five or six percent in a um less volatile and fairly predictable play even if it's illiquid i'll take that all day because you have to the sponsor has to pay that premium to, to to basically get you to do something that's illiquid rather than something with the same yield that's liquid it, it, so there's a lot of really good yield out there because yes. it need illiquid alts need to provide an incentive and that is typically yield um there's quite a few total return products where there's maybe like a six percent preference and then a share of the back end like an 80 yes. 20. so you can look at total return products but i i like fairly conservative yield plays and for me even if something um doesn't perform quite to expectation and maybe is four and a half percent ultimately rather than a six percent and doesn't hit their pref hurdle but you still get four four and a half percent or something and yeah. that's taken away from equity allocation which in my opinion is super overheated at the moment yes. um i'd still consider that a win ultimately because the portfolio is diversified and less volatile yeah. and has actually pulled away capital from further exacerbating this overheating of the equity market we have a spreadsheet over here right and then we have equities over here and we have alternatives and so let's just say equities versus alternatives and the top says risk tell me the difference what do you think right now with the overheated market what is the risk differential between the two there's a lot of alternatives which are less volatile and less risky than middle of the market equity plays um at the moment given what i think is an overheated equity market i'm not even talking about the volatile stocks i'm talking about middle of the range blue chip stocks i think wow. there's alt plays that are less volatile and less risky than that um i did a transaction recently which is um, an investment into an Amazon distribution facility with a nice yield in it. You're basically gambling on the credit worthiness and the default risk of Amazon, at which point <laughs> I'll take that pretty much every day uh, versus anything that I deem to be 
um, overpriced in the equity market. And then people say, well, what happens if the commercial real estate market gets massacred in the next few years and um, that property is worth 20% less? Guess what? I'll hold it for 10 years then. I'm not sitting there on a paper gain. I'm getting a 5% or so yield. Yeah. I'm not looking to make 20%, 50% on the exit. I'm looking for the yield. Return of capital with yield and maybe a kicker at the end if possible. But if the the market's in a, in a state as far as the commercial real estate market, I'm fine holding that for a bit longer because I'm getting my yield, which I'm not getting in cash and I'm not getting in the bond market. So I don't think that this illiquidity is your enemy. How much do people typically earn if you if you put alt in a in in a a 100 box what's the average uh payback do you think we're seeing you know four to six percent yields on some pretty conservative alts which i think should be taking the place of bond yields rather than the bond yields going into the equity market. oh that that's a that's a good point that's if i'm an advisor i'm taking yeah. some of the historical bond allocation and yeah. allocating yield-based alts rather than into equities which is just increasing the overall risk of the portfolio exponentially you know richard this has been uh i've been taking notes over here i hope you don't mind i haven't been looking away this is especially about the bond i like that where you can get an alt that a four or five percent which is more stable than, than the bonds which are paying as you know they're paying nothing today uh ladies and gentlemen we're speaking to uh richard hilson of hilson consulting uh, he's an expert in alternative investing and you know that's what my my podcast is all about it. It's taken us weeks to get him on because he's so busy and we appreciate that. We're going to put uh, his information uh, all over here at the end so that if you want to get in touch with him, especially you financial advisors, not that we're hitting on you, not that we're picking on you, but we want you to know that if you're going to differentiate yourself from the 333,000 financial advisors out there, you may want to start looking at alternative investments. Um, my name is uh, Douglas Muir, and this is Traditional Investing is Dead. Richard, thank you so much for all your knowledge and for, for, sharing, uh, for sharing that information. Uh, with our folks on this podcast. And we'll see you soon. Thank you, everyone.